on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. You know how we do in the summer. We have a little break in between episodes. But now we're back. Ready to go. And talking about the latest hot topics with Michigan basketball with my guy. He wore the uniform, was a top-level player, a first-round draft pick, played in the NBA for a decade, and has been a basketball commentator, one of the best in the land ever since. And My friend, that's how I refer to him first and foremost, Tim McCormick. Tim, how are you? I'm good, Sam, except I miss you. I miss talking right. hoop. Um, been really busy. The top 100 camp starts on next week on Monday. All the players are coming in. It's all consuming, um, but it's fun and it's exciting. And we've got the the best collection of high school players anywhere. Uh, there will be 100 kids that, that all believe that they've got NBA potential. All 30 NBA teams will be there scouting them. There will be 350 college coaches, including Michigan. Uh, we have... 12 current and former NBA players that will be coaching the teams as part of our coaching program. Um, we've got NBA referees that are trying to get into the league. It's just a magnificent environment. So exciting. And when you consider that, that you've got Disney and, and all of their branding, it's just, um, it's, it's a fun week. And I know from your standpoint, You'll see a lot of guys that I know that that you've been anxious to see as well. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. One of the best uh, camp experiences that you can go to in either sport, uh, both because of the number of top top shelf talents that are going to be there, uh, but also the competitive environment that's set, and then the stakes with all those pros that they're playing for as coaches and all those scouts in the stands and all those coaches in the stands. I mean, yeah. it just brings another level of competition and gives you a one of the best chances to really gauge how good a guy is. So love the camp. I think you do a great job with it. Just a shameless Thank plug you. there. I think you uh, do a great job with your yeah. involvement. But you know, so you brought up a good point, Sam, that I want to elaborate on. Like, can you imagine being a high school kid and Rodney Hood? or Skylar Mays, or I mean, there, there's so many really good young players that are going to be coaching your team, and they're going to be talking about NBA terminology, and they're going to put in NBA set plays and baseline out-of-bounds plays that they use in NBA games. And, and in pick and roll, which is such a big part of the NBA today, they're going to be calling out NBA pick and roll coverages. And so it, it really gives them a graduate level view of what the NBA is like. And and speaking of NBA, we also want to congratulate our guy, Jordan Poole. Uh, what what a, a fantastic success story, all of his improvement. And we wish Musa and Caleb a lot of luck in the draft. That's for sure. I, I think I like Musa's chances better, but, but we want both of those guys to, sure. to succeed. So a lot of good stuff going on. You know, you, you, you sort of worry about uh, you worry about the the scenario where uh, where they fall. I mean, 
surprising thing is you you still see Caleb pop up in mocks uh, in the first round, but you just you hope you hope that if he got that promise that it actually comes to fruition. You got two NBA teams with three first round picks, OKC and San Antonio, and those have been the teams rumored to be looking at him uh, as a first rounder. Just hope it hope it works out for both guys where they wind up uh, in a really ideal setting. I think Musa goes higher than people think. I think Caleb falls and, and drops a lot farther than people think. And, you know, the the fact that Caleb didn't really want to work out for anybody, it, it sends a message. And I just never really got the sense that he loves the game. Like, he just didn't smile and have fun. But but once again, he's he's a good kid, and, and I'm glad he went to Michigan, and I want him to be very successful. All right, so Tim, let's get off into uh, the the topics at hand as far as Michigan basketball is concerned, current Michigan basketball is concerned. And the Wolverines just picked up a commitment from a guy who Jet Howard mentioned on this. We said, Jet, who are you looking at in the portal? First name he mentioned was Joey Baker, now former Duke wing, is going to be a current Michigan wing. So what do you remember about Joey Baker? Well, I, I first of all, I love the fact that Jet wanted him. Like, why would you bring in somebody that can kind of play the same position as you? But Jet, he's he's that guy. He he loves to compete. Uh, Joey Baker was at the top 100 camp. I think it was what 2017. I think he's a really good player. Outstanding pickup on a lot of different levels. Um, I I think that the the number one thing I remember about him is he just doesn't miss open shots. He really has amazing confidence. He expects to make everything quick release. And the reason that's so important is that I can see him spotted up on the weak side and Hunter's going to be working in the low post and just his presence out there. You can't leave him. He's going to create space for Hunter. I think Hunter's going to learn to find him. Those guys are going to, they're, they're going to coexist very well. And at six, six, he reminds me a little bit of Luke Kennard. I, I think Luke had better better ball skills, a little bit quicker, more of a, a playmaker. But Joey Baker shoots like that. And, and when you think about um, Caleb Houston, Caleb shot, what, 38%, which is very respectable. I think that that, that number is a little bit misleading because – so many of, of his big games came against some of the lesser competition teams. Um, I want a guy that can go into Assembly Hall or the Breslin, uh, tough game on Big Monday or Super Tuesday, and knock down shots. And, and Joey Baker played at Duke, and he played against great competition every single day in practice. And I, and I get the sense that as an elite competitor – he got buried at Duke, okay? They've got so many good players. And I think what's going to happen is he's going to come in here with a little attitude and say, I, I need to bump my minutes up. Instead of 12 per game, I want to play 20 or 22. Um, I, I I think he's going to be a really good player, Sam. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, so the, the floor. Let's talk about the floor with Joey Baker. If he can come in and give you at least what Caleb gave you last year. And this is not to disparage or diminish or denigrate Caleb in any way, shape, or form. 
But if if he can give them that, they haven't lost any ground. I think that's a, I think that baseline is reasonable to expect. You're talking about a guy who's a 39% shooter from three. I think he shot over 40 last year. He's just had a, a you know a limited sample space between getting buried and fighting through injuries. I mean, it was just a recipe for him to not be able to flourish there. But with more minutes, and you drag it out, I mean, if he could at least you at least give you Caleb. Like I said, you are taking a step back, but I think it's reasonable to expect that he's going to give you more for all the reasons that you talked about. Level of competition that he faced consistently at Duke, that pressure cooker that he was in, the competition that he saw in practice, let alone games, and a change of scenery, Tim. Sometimes for guys like that, a change of scenery is just everything. And no one is expecting him to be the guy, just expecting him to be a guy. And think about how many good looks he, he should get from three with uh with hunter dickinson patrolling the middle yeah he's gonna get lost out there and 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 find himself wide open for threes and and when you you think about coming from the acc that that's that that's as high a level as you can get and we saw shondi brown come in and and after playing in the acc he certainly you know shot the ball better than anybody expected the other thing about joey baker is that he's a captain on a Final Four team, and and he he's hungry to prove himself, and he is a is a leader, and he's a fun guy, and I think that Juwan Howard's going to like having a few more older guys in his locker room. Remember, it's hard because last year's team was so darn young, and 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 captains and veterans they're not afraid to to do some coaching. We've heard the best-led teams are, are player-led teams, and and Joey Baker is going to help in that area a lot. Yeah, I think it's a, a really good pickup. Now, again, uh, you know, not not expecting a, a world beater, but I am expecting an, a shooting upgrade from what they got from from Caleb. You you pointed out a very good sort of factor, uh, important factor. Shot well against a lot of lower-level teams and a lot of lower-level teams at home. So, I mean, the, the, the home road splits were dramatically different for, for him. So, again, I think you can expect for that to be a tick or two better with Joey Baker. Michigan betting on him uh, being healthy. I think they probably checked that out pretty thoroughly. And if between that and the experience and the change of scenery, I'm just I'm expecting for them to have a better shooting quotient yeah. there. And then you put you pair that with the addition of of Jalen Llewellyn. Uh, Tim, I mean, these are, I think, two veteran presences, two valuable additions that the Wolverines will have made here through the portal in the offseason. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about Jalen last podcast, and I I am um, I'm reluctant to overhype him, but I think he's going to be a better player from day one than Mike Smith and Devonte Jones. Um, both of those guys took a little bit of time. There was a transition. I think that Jalen Llewellyn is going to be a little bit further along. And, and part of the reason is that when, when you look at the fact that Michigan basketball is going, I believe it's to France in mid-August, they have, have four games scheduled. They'll have four practices to get ready for that. That's going to be so valuable for Llewellyn and Baker and the freshmen to just get a little bit more acclimated. And, and 
I think I think Doug McDaniel is gonna gonna really benefit too. He's gonna get some valuable minutes this year. And so what turned out to be a strength was a real concern uh, about about a month ago. And I like the backcourt. And and if they get Yusef Hyatt, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, that 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 gives you a lot of depth, maybe to the point where you've got too many good players. Uh, remember, we, we don't really even know Isaiah Barnes and Will Cheddar yet, and you add them to the mix. Mix Michigan's got a lot of players. Yeah, I think you, another great point uh, we've heard in the past about how that foreign tour can really expedite the uh, sort of the acclimation period of a team. Uh, you know, going back to when John Beeline uh, took some teams abroad. I mean, it 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 really really helps. And in the case of of new players. I mean, Jalen Llewellyn is on campus now. He's been there. You know, I talked to Papa Conte about his visit, and he said there were only three guys on campus. It was Isaiah Barnes, it was Terrence Williams, and then it was Jalen Llewellyn. So he's he's there trying to trying to get in the mix, trying to get acclimated. But all the whole team isn't there yet. So sooner you can get all the guys on campus uh, connecting and clicking, and then do so in a practice capacity, the better. And then you throw in there games really going to ramp things up for for Michigan and and for the uh the chemistry and cohesion of the uh of the squad kind of coming together and getting it to where they need it to be. So, uh Yusef Hyatt, uh it'll be interesting to to see he's supposed to make his decision this week. You have Michigan, you have Xavier, um you had those are the two schools that are really really standing out on the list at the moment according to According to my sources, I'm really thinking it's it's going to be those two teams that it comes down to. But you got a couple of others uh, in there as well. He has a final four that also includes Wake Forest and DePaul. Uh, but you think about Tim that Michigan with with Musa and with Mo Wagner. I mean, those are those are two guys foreigners that uh, came here and really flourished. That really stands out. And then the brand name of Michigan, which he knew, Xavier, uh, you know, Sean Miller can talk about Laurie Markinen, but at a different school. And when you mm-hmm. compare the the brand names of the school, no disrespect intended to Xavier, but they just I mean Michigan is Michigan. So I really like Michigan's chances in this mix for uh, for Yusef Hyatt. Well, Yusef's going to have to to really battle to get on the court because. If he's a three or a four, that's where Michigan's the deepest. And 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 I think it's going to be hard to get minutes. Um, so at six foot nine with perimeter skills, the, the first name that jumps into my mind is Franz Wagner. You know, from what, what you've seen, are there similarities? Does he have that kind of skill set? Yeah, defensively, especially. Defensively, especially is one of the things that scouts. Now, I, I want to look. I, I want to be clear here. I haven't seen Yusef Hyatt with my own eyes. Reading scouting reports and, and watching highlights is really what it boils down to. Uh, but what they say, Tim, what they say about Yusef Hyatt and what he brings to the table is that he is he is a super versatile defender that uh, is, you know, is is switchable, can move his feet, can stay in front of a guard. Just really, and then a willingness, a real willingness to play that end of the court, a desire 
to play that into the court. That was another thing that really stood out about the scouting report for Yousef as well. And uh, so that's a way to get on the floor uh, if you're uh, if you're Yousef Hyatt. So you're right. I mean, if there's a reason that he that he winds up not picking Michigan, I think what you pointed out about depth chart would probably be the reason uh, that would be the equalizer, but everything else. And just looking at the, uh, you know, kind of sharing with you the scouting report real quick from Euro Hoops that said he, he's, he possesses good fluidity and coordination, which allow him to move well around the court and get to his spots. He's not extremely vertical, but he's quick and explosive to get up uh, offensively. Yusef can, can't be considered a shot creator at this point. Instead, he scores the majority of his points by running hard in the open court and cutting with great intensity and timing. He displays constant motion off the ball and good reads when taking advantage of defensive mistakes. He also showcased an improved and refined finishing package in the paint, flat, flashing a promising floater. Moreover, Hyatt has tremendous defensive upside thanks to his motor, willingness to sit in the stands, and lateral movements and instincts, Tim. That is the scouting report for Euro Hoops. Are you sure that's not Franz Wagner's scouting report? It sounds a lot like him. Okay, Sam, I'm going to give you your chance now, okay? Michigan lands Yusuf Hyatt. What is Michigan's starting lineup next next year? All right, Start so I'm going to go. Start the point guard. It's easier that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Jalen Llewellyn. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Kobe Bufkin. Hunter Dickinson, of course. Definitely going to go with, with Jet Howard. And here's the thing. I, I think the Jet has the ingredients to be the guy that they – they to be the focal point, the – the shot creator, the offense, the offensive catalyst on the team. Maybe not this year because everything's going to run through Hunter, but next year, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be that guy. So, Jed Howard, and then my final one, Terrence Williams. I like it. I like it. I've got no problems with that. And I, um, I think that the freshman class is going to get a really good opportunity to play. I also think that Terrence Williams, I, I like him because he just doesn't – he doesn't care about competition. And I was just kind of, I've, I've been thinking all along, if Musa and Caleb returned to Michigan, there really wouldn't be a spot for Terrence. And I wouldn't be surprised if he would have left, but I just give him credit. He loves Michigan. He loves Juwan. And, and, and I, I would love to see him get big minutes. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, he, he will have earned them. He will have earned them. That's the thing that you can say. He, nothing would be given to to uh to t will and i can i'm excited to see what he does uh with more minutes out there on the floor but we know we're going to get it from both ends i'm i'm really interested to see what he adds as far as a dribble drive element to his game uh tim your starting lineup you ask me mine what's yours uh same i i mean that your second lineup is what i liked and i i just think that i think jet is is pretty special i do too. and yeah, and I, I think he's, he's going to be a starter. I'll take it one step further. I don't want to overhype the guy, but I think he'll be on the all-freshman, all-Big Ten team. Um, I can see that, too. Yeah, I, I think he's mature. He competes hard. He, he's he got to improve his defense. He's not a defender right now. Um, but I think that th- this might be a little bit of a stretch, and I, I don't want to seem like I'm going after – Caleb, but I, I think part of the reason that Caleb left 
is because he had a chance to play in some open gyms against Jet. And he thought, I, I want no part of what's coming. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, it's going to be harder for me to get shots and minutes next year. And, and this might be my best chance to go. And I'll, I'll take it one step further. I remember when I was thinking about whether to come back for my, my fifth year or go to the NBA draft, I just kept watching Roy Tarpley thinking this guy's coming fast and, <laughs> and he's going to be our best player next year. So my, my stock is good. I, I need to leave right now. And I think that Caleb might've been thinking the same thing. Hey, I don't, I don't know uh, if that dynamic played into it or not, but I can, I can certainly see it. I think that that jets freshman year, I don't think this is a leap. And again, no disrespect intended, but I expect for jets freshman year, I expect for his production offensively, to be greater than what we saw from from Caleb, he can just do more. Yeah, uh, he can he can get it off the bounce. Uh, he can shoot it off the bounce. He can create for others. We saw that at the uh, NBA at the top 100 camp last year, uh, and and more and more over the course of his final season at IMG. And, and what I like most about him, I mean, he he's grown up being reared by pros being molded by pros. His dad is obviously a pro, but that, that sense of entitlement when you talk to him is not there. Like he doesn't expect to just have it handed to him. And I like that about him. I like that about him. I think it translates in part to, to working hard and earning that early time on the plane, on the, on the uh, basketball court. Here's another one. We, we talked about um, Terrence Williams. We talked about jet. I'm kind of anxious to see Greg Glenn. I, I um, I'm intrigued with him. He's bigger than both of them. I think his ball handling is a little bit better. He's a good shooter. Uh, I I'm I'm thinking that he could be a surprise this year. So surprises. This is uh, one of the ways to really kind of wind down. So uh, kind of who you're th- who's going to be the breakout player. Uh, this year, Tim, I mean, you, you got an early candidate or some early candidates for that? Well, there are guys that we don't know, Isaiah Barnes and Will Cheddar, right? And they they both are coming off of their redshirt year. And it's a big jump from your freshman to your sophomore year. Uh, we obviously haven't seen enough. I've seen them in practice a little bit, but but didn't 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 have a great read on on how good they are. Um, you know, I, I still find it a little bit interesting that 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 Juwan decided to redshirt two guys. That that may have led the country. That that that's something that that a lot of people are saying. With the transfer portal, it's a lot more valuable to to have those scholarships available because if somebody isn't playing, they're probably going to leave, and you can upgrade that position. So to have two guys that were practicing every day. Um, I'm sure that Juwan likes them or he would not have have wanted two guys around that may not fit into the rotation. Like, like who is Isaiah Barnes going to take minutes from? I, I can't see it. Um, Will Cheddar, is he going to push Hunter Dickinson and play backup five? I don't think so. Um, Terrace Reed's going to be really a good player. He's going to grab those minutes. And if he can shoot like I think he can, you might see him at the four. So it's tough for Barnes and Shutter, and I, I don't see where they're going to get minutes. So 
if you're looking for somebody that may surprise us because he's really good and we didn't talk about him contributing, I think the Glenn might be that guy. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. The, the guy that you remember Jet picked out was Will Cheddar. He said mm-hmm. he thinks yeah. that Will Cheddar yeah. could be a guy who who really emerges because he's he's tough, he's physical, uh, he can shoot it. We know he can shoot it from from high school. I think there's going to be a premium on guys who can knock down open shots, uh, especially if between Hunter and increased increased penetration this year between Jalen Llewellyn and Jet Howard, there should be some more some more good, some more high percentage or higher percentage perimeter looks. Who can knock, who can take advantage of that? Who can knock those kinds of shots down? And so that might create an opportunity. And then you add to it the Terrace. And I like Terrace. I went to St. Louis to talk to Terrace. I'm with you. Terrace insists he can play the four. He said he's used to it. He said he, he played with another big, uh, the guy that's going to Ohio State, played with another big uh, with Mocan Elite. I I can do that. I can be the high and the high low. Or if you want me to be in the paint and and be on that side of it, I can do that too. Uh, And I can shoot it better than people think I can. Uh, But can he shoot it like Will Cheddar? Uh, Maybe not as a true freshman. It'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. I put a lot of stock in what, what Jet had to say about that. Between Will and Isaiah, I would I would lean Will Cheddar, and not just because of what what Jet said, but also because of what Phil Martelli said about Isaiah Isaiah Barnes's progression and what he cited. He's an exceptional athlete, Tim, but the game was moving kind of fast for him. Is yeah. is is to kind of put it, you know? I I Phil had a, a it, Phil had a Philism a Martelliism that he kind of threw on there. I can't remember exactly what he said, but essentially what he was getting at is. You know, they need to slow the game down for him. That the, the freshman year was about growing him up uh, in, in skill and understanding the scheme and that kind of thing. And, and maybe that moves him further towards a competition. But does it does it displace somebody from the rotation? I can't see that this year necessarily. Maybe next year as he gets into his third year in the program. That's kind of how I see the traje- uh, trajectory. I agree. And I don't want to see either one of them play because that means somebody got hurt there's too much talent ahead of them. And with this configuration, with this lineup, I I think Michigan will be deeper than last year. And I think that they will battle Indiana and Illinois as the best three teams in the big 10. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, man. I like that early again. I think that this will be a, for Michigan, it'll be a better offensive team than the one they just came off of. And, And that was a team that really started clearly trending up at the very end uh, I think that this team doesn't have as many holes, doesn't have as many holes. And I, and, and they're going to have a chance to sort of, uh, to your point earlier, they're going to have a chance to sort of kind of hone their, their squad, hone their attack uh, before the, the rest of the, uh, the big 10, the rest of the country is really mm-hmm. able to, I think that's really going to help them uh, get off to a much better start and in turn have a much better season. So yeah. Um, and and then that that leads us to the future. We've got um maybe a big signing coming up this week or a big commitment. Yeah, I mean, well, you got Yusuf Hyatt ready to make his decision. Papa Conte uh, is a, a a big man from South Kent uh, High School in South Kent, Connecticut, uh, by way of Senegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been over here 
I talked to him. He said he hadn't been home for three years, and uh, he's going to get a chance to go back home. Uh, he actually called me from his Maryland visit, Tim. Uh, so he left his Michigan visit. Time. <laughs> yeah, and went to his Maryland visit and called me from his Maryland visit. I think that bodes well for Michigan, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was bored. He had nothing to do. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they they really are selling him on, A, Juwan Howard's ability to develop bigs. Why wouldn't you believe in that? Right. After what you've seen from him in a very small sample space. And then B, you know, you you look at how they used Musa. Now, he's not an explosive vertical athlete like Musa. Now, I want to make that clear and watch him pop up But the 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 lateral movement, the ability to switch and stay with guys, the 94 feet of energy, high motor guy, willing defender. He can be a plus guy on that end of the floor, and he's starting to, Tim, he's starting to hit a few jumpers. I wouldn't call it a strength of his game, but it's something he's working on now. His coach is confident enough to let him shoot, and that part of his game is growing, too. I like a lot of what you said, and and I agree with you. I don't think he is a Musa athlete. Uh, his body, though, is going to remind you physically of, of Musa Diabati, and I think that he does have – um, a very similar motor where he does, he works hard on the glass. I think he's a much better shooter right now than Musa. And with that energy, that's all you really need out of a big guy. If he's got decent skills and athleticism, but he plays really hard and he loves the game, that that's a good thing. I, I watched some tape on him and I was laughing because it, it just kind of reminded me that I've never watched a guy's highlight reel and seen him miss. You know, like these guys, these guys are 100%. So you've got to be objective when you look at their tapes. But I, I thought I saw a lot of really good things. And another comparison, I mean, I, it looks a little bit like Terrace Reed. And you don't always get a great, a, a great snapshot of all of a guy's skills because if he hits one three the whole summer, you're you're gonna see it, and that doesn't mean he's a three point shooter, right? You're exactly so. right, Tim. I watched him for four games at EYB in uh, the Louisville session at EYBL. He hit the first three I saw him take, yeah. and he didn't hit another one. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but they look good. You know, the rest of them look good, and I made it a point to include one or two of the misses too. So I didn't, as we were talking about him shooting threes. Yeah, we included the make, but I wanted to be clear in the video that this is not this is not what you would call when you do a scouting report on him. That's not something that you would point to right now. Right. Maybe Hunter, down Dickinson, the line. Hunter Dickinson's a three point shooter. If, if you use that criteria, if, if like you could put a highlight reel with 15 threes for Hunter Dickinson and you think he's a three point shooter. No, you just saw all the threes he made this year. Right, right. But a guy who would be a really, really good piece to the puzzle, a guy that is is really, really big on on development, uh, you know, really a, a gym rat talking to his coach, working on his shot, working on his game, working on his understanding of the game. Uh, Timeline wise, he said he he sort of left it open ended. He said, I haven't been home in three years. I'm gonna go home, spend some time with my family and then think about it coming back. He still has a visit to Pitt to take as well but nothing else scheduled he's been to Rutgers Rutgers has his good his good friend Gavin Griffiths uh committed oh. a three-point a three-point shooter and he, Griffiths mom is actually 
uh, Papa's uh, guardian. She was on the visit with Papa to Michigan and to Maryland and these other trips. But that's he insists that's not going to affect him. He said, I got to do what's best for me, just like Gavin has to do what's best for him. And that has me feeling pretty good about Michigan on that one, too. Good. Well, next time we get together, Sam, we're going to talk about Papa Conte in the blue. <laughs> All right. From your lips, Tim. Uh, looking forward to seeing you on the camp circuit as well, man. So uh, can't wait for that. In the meantime, that's another one in the books. Maybe we'll give you you guys some scouting reports uh, from, from some summer action. I'm going to get to some team camp. I'm going to get to uh, some more basketball camps and maybe see some more Michigan targets. So as always, Tim, I appreciate you. You got a prediction about who's going to go number one in the draft? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Jabari Smith. I um I spent a lot of time with him in Chicago at the at the draft combine and I love his perspective. He was at the top 100 camp when he was in high school. Um just a just a gracious kid. Really excited to watch him in the NBA. All right, I got to sneak one more in. Do you think Jaden Ivy goes top 4? Yes. I do. Oh, I do. That, that's your guy, huh? <laughs> that's my guy. Yeah, I think okay. I think you're destined to see Keegan Murray, which would be a good thing. Um, he's a pro. He, he he's going to take his business serious, so I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Gotcha. All right, Tim. As always, appreciate you, and for all you watching and listening, appreciate you as well. Uh, be sure to check us out next time here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 